Awesome Your Awesome Podcast, episode number 78. Today on the show, Christina Woods is here with us. Christina is a rapid transformational therapist, hypnotherapist, empowerment coach, and Reiki master. She combines her background in corporate leadership along with her life experiences in dealing with trauma and abandonment to empower others to trust their intuition and set themselves free of self-doubt. I am so honored and delighted to have Christina here with us, sharing her wisdom and insights. Christina, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Sue. It's great to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to get into this with you. Now, let's start with your background and how you got into this line of work. Sure. So this is, um, fortunately for me, my second career. I had a 30-year corporate career and a completely different life. And that seems like a different, you know, just different universe for me. So um, my journey, actually, um, as I was approaching 50, I just really felt a calling to uh, combine my my spiritual interest and life with this passion I had to teach and guide and mentor instead of having kind of this corporate life and then this, you know, running around and going to spiritual retreats and self-development and doing that kind of on the side and on the hush-hush. So I really started doing a lot of inner work and doing what I needed to do to have the courage to leave my, my corporate career that I'd had and was known at and, you know, had a great paycheck and and all that security. So I did that work and took the leap and found hypnotherapy and used all the, the coaching and training and experience that I had. And I've just combined it all. And now I work with women who struggle with self-doubt and just want to crush that and really become unstoppable and love themselves and know they are enough. So whether it's about love or their bank account or just doing what they want to do and follow their dreams, I get to do that. And and now I also combine it with Reiki and Theta Healing and all types of other energy work. Oh, I love that. Okay. So first question for you, you said, you know, you have this amazing corporate job and comfort and just that stability and then finding the courage to leave. So how did you find the courage? Yeah, that, that was major. (laughs) I'm glad you, you noticed that part, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, tell us, you know, kind of give us some guidance there on finding that courage to step out of your comfort zone. Yeah, I I knew I had to to do some deep work. You know, that's the bottom line. I knew that for me to have the courage to trust my intuition and my voice that I knew I was meant to do something else. I was I knew that I had a calling to help and guide people and use my intuition. So I knew that I had to face some things that I had been avoiding, some trauma that actually I I did have as a child, some things that, you know, you see patterns in your life. You see things like, you know, why was I always having debt? Why, no matter how much I made in my life, was I always in debt? Why was I spending so much? Why was I always self-sabotaging relationships? Why was I so hard on myself? Why 
why did I always feel like I had to work, work, work and be the best and be perfect and have everything that every, you know, check every box that made it look like I had this perfect life. And why was I still so miserable? So I just dove really deep into meditation, into therapy, into um, EMDR therapy and really rewiring and recoding in these programs that I soon found out weren't even true. They were beliefs I had about myself that I created to stay safe in a, in a childhood where I needed some of these things to survive and navigate the life that I was in then. And once I started to crawl out of that and realize, well, those were just, you know, safety mechanisms and the way I navigated and that's okay. We all do those things to survive and I don't need those things anymore. My, my true essence started to blossom and I started to have the confidence to step out and show my true self. And, and you do it slowly. You realize, you know what, it's okay. Not everyone's going to like me. Not everyone's going to agree with this, but it really feels good when you step into your power and you just, you, you kind of can't go back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of tapping into this, what feels scary, but it's like that roomy quote, um, you know, something along the lines of, if something feels scary, like go after that, like run towards that, right? Yes. And that was actually, that quote was my theme in, I think it was 2019. That was my theme. If it's uncomfortable, we I, I have to move toward it. And you know, this, you know, there's a degree of what's uncomfortable, but I knew that if I was afraid of it, I probably needed to dig deeper and face it and find out what was, get curious about it. And, and, you know, nine times out of 10, it was my fear of being seen, my fear of my, my incredible power. We all have so much power within us and to tap into that. And, really, what was I afraid of? Um, I was afraid of, of the ability to actually tap into my intuition and use it and use my voice and be seen and stand on my own two feet. And, and, you know, it's one thing to be successful at a corporate, in a corporate job. And I trained hundreds of people. I stood on stages and spoke to thousands of people, but doing it in an, in this way, that was a whole different ball game, completely different ball game. Um, you know, even to post my first social media as a, as a hypnotherapist and a healer, you know, I think I had to crawl up the stairs and, and just, you can do it, you can do it. And then, you know, um, and then all of a sudden you find, I found CEOs and lawyers and doctors and people I had no idea. They just, welcomed this new energy and this vibration with open arms. They were like, Oh, I have, I have, you know, this issue or this problem. Can you help me? And I'm not finding help with, you know, or maybe I need to combine Western medicine with something else. And, um, I need a new Avenue and I really would think that you can help me. And just people that I never, ever thought would be open to these alternative ways of healing have, have come to me. It's been amazing. Mm, I love that. I really love that because I, um, I don't know if you know, but I am a Reiki master and I don't Mm -hmm. do it. Um, uh, you know, I don't do it for a living, but I do it for myself and friends and family. And it's just, um, it's been so transformative. So I love that you're kind of, you know, opening this gateway to this other people that 
are now open to, you know, this alternative means. So that's amazing. And um, I will say about social media, I'm, I totally get it. Cause I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, there's, it's like, I need a social media break, a three month break, and then I'll go back on and post. And then I'm like, oh, need another break. But yeah, that is amazing. It's such a different world from your kind of nine to five corporate thing. And then having to be really self-sufficient and putting yourself out there like that. Um, what is your advice for people who feel vulnerable, who are kind of, you know, on the fence about, Hey, there's something I really want to do, but I'm afraid of rejection or, you know, this vulnerability to kind of put myself on display. What's your guidance for that person? Yeah, I think for one, it's, it's good to understand that we're, we're all hardwired to not want rejection. We're born needing, you know, someone to care for us and feed us. And so we're hardwired to, to avoid at all costs rejection. It's just, it's in our DNA. So not wanting rejection is, is normal, but what we have to understand is our primitive minds don't understand the difference between somebody not liking something that we post or not wanting to, you know, be our friend anymore and literally being rejected and not surviving. If, if someone doesn't like something, you know, we're not going to die from it anymore. It might not feel good for a minute, but rejection on so many levels now, it's going to be okay. So, you know, there's that, there's, there's that understanding about this feeling of rejection is so primitive inside of us that we really do want to avoid it at all costs. And I think that just kind of makes it all okay. There's not anybody walking around that likes that feeling, but I I think really getting curious and understanding that so much of how we feel comes down to these subconscious beliefs and stories. And, and I'll even use the word lies that we tell ourselves. And once you can understand what those are, because our subconscious mind is the most powerful engine that's driving how we feel about ourselves and the world and how we, how we place ourselves in the world. It's the lens that we look through everything. And once we can go dig down in there and find out what are these subconscious beliefs, because they're probably not even true and they might've been necessary at some point, but you know, that's the work that I do is I'll find out, well, let's find out why, why are you so resistant to change or why do you keep self-sabotaging when it comes to your health or your body or relationships or whatever that is that you want to seek out? And why are you stuck? Let's find out what that belief is. And once we can dig it out and you are able to understand why we have that belief, once you understand it, you can't un you know, you can't undo that. You understand it and you see it differently. Then it's just about rewiring and recoding the mind to accept a new belief as true. And that's, that's just science. That's just telling your mind something over and over again. So this, you know, this feeling of being enough, I would say is the biggest thing that would help people who are, are struggling with self-doubt and some of the things that we've mentioned, you know, feeling, feeling good enough to go out and make a big change. This, we have this epidemic of not feeling good enough and it doesn't take long to walk outside the front door and see a whole world of people that are struggling to feel good enough. You know, am I skinny enough? Am I smart enough? Am I whatever enough? And 
so much of that is because we forget that we're born enough and we so often loan these jars that we already have full that are enough from source, from creator, from universe, whoever you want to, you know, think of, but we loan those things out to other people to fill up, you know, here's my cup of approval, you know, go ahead and fill it up. If and they don't know what to do with it, society, the world, other people, our kids, nobody's going to fill that up for us. They don't know how to, and they don't want to, we got to take those cups back and know that they're already full. They're already filled up within us. We just got to remember that. Mm, and now talk to me, Christina, about one of the things that you do rapid transformation. I'm an avid believer, like, you know, we're talking about the subconscious mind here, and I want to get more into that with you, but have you seen, and do you see this? Cause I've seen this and I believe this to be possible where people literally, there's just a mindset shift, right? Like rewiring and saying, okay, I've been believing this, that's a false narrative. And now let me lean into this belief or this idea. And then there's this mindset shift that happens and somebody is able to kind of have this aha moment. Oh, absolutely. I get to see this every day. It's incredible. Yeah. Because the way the mind works, one of the rules of the mind is that it will always go towards what's familiar and it will avoid at all costs what's unfamiliar. And it doesn't care if those two things are right or wrong or good or bad. So when we grow up, our mind will do whatever it needs to do to keep us safe, whether it's right or wrong or good or bad, it's what's safe. So if keeping you small and keeping you quiet and making you think you did something wrong so you stay small and quiet or giving you anxiety so you don't go outside, so you stay within and 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 no, don't explore the world. If that's going to keep you safe, that's what it's going to do. So once we understand why, and whether it's a physical ailment, a mental, emotional, any of those things, once we can understand why, and you get to see and understand that, then we can tell the mind, all right, look, I'm not, I'm not, it's usually from childhood or, or somewhere in our life. That's not me anymore. I'm, I'm here in my life now. I have a different life. I'm in this different place. I don't need you to do that anymore. And then we tell the mind over and over and over. I create a custom recording for every client. It's specific to the reasons their mind created that in the first place. Cause everyone is different. Nothing is the same for why, why one person has anxiety is not the same as somebody else. There might be some general things, but everyone is unique. So we create a, a custom audio recording about 15 minutes and a client will listen to that every day for at least three weeks. And I meet with them at least once a week while they're going through that, because again, the mind doesn't want to make something new familiar. It wants to resist that. Even if it's good, it will say, wait a second, that's not what's been keeping you safe. Going out there and feeling confident and speaking your truth, that's not what's been cool. That's not what's been safe. So you might feel resistant or um, loving your body and telling yourself you love yourself every day. That's not, that's not what's been going on. You know, this has been what the narrative has been. So there can be resistance and sometimes it's little and sometimes it's bigger, but once you can rewire your mind has, our brain has neoplasticity. It can literally create new neural pathways. We literally get to create 
new ways of thinking. It's scientifically proven. So we we can create our own destiny. We get to create exactly how we want to think and feel. Mm, I love that. And now talk to us, help people who don't understand hypnosis, how that works, and um, and then some more questions along those lines. Sure, sure. So, you know, there is a lot of myths about hypnotherapy. When I even became one, my my own son said, oh my gosh, mom, you are like the guy at the fair now. You're going to, you know, make us act like chickens or something. <laughs> so, um, you know, I guess there is that that entertainment segment that we won't talk about because that's that's not obviously um, what we're here for. But um, hypnotherapy is really getting our mind into a theta brainwave state, which is a, a meditative state, and it, you know, and that probably is more familiar for many people. We you know go on YouTube and listen to meditations or binaural beats and relaxation. So get our mind into this brainwave state, which is where we go when we dream and when we sleep. It's also where we go when we daydream or um, when we're driving home from work or from the grocery store. And, you know, have you ever driven in the driveway and you go, oh my goodness, I don't remember. Did I stop at that light? Did I, I don't even remember turning right or left. And here I am. I don't remember because we're on this autopilot. Our subconscious mind has just, is just doing it. It's, it's like when you first learn how to drive, you have to consciously think of turning the blinker on and turning left. And now, you know, we're on the phone, we're putting lipstick on, we're thinking about dinner, we're driving, we're, we're doing all these things because our subconscious mind already has it wired in how we do that. So in hypnotherapy, we access the subconscious mind through theta brainwaves. And so we just get into a very relaxed state. And you're, you're very aware of what you're saying the entire time. We, we talk back and forth. You're not um, out of control or unaware of what you're saying. You're just conscious mind. The analytical critical mind is just more quiet and your subconscious mind is just nice and relaxed. And we ask the mind questions. So, Hey, what's the root cause and reason I have X, Y, Z in my life? Why do I feel so negative about myself? What is this self-doubt about? Why, why do I have such issues with my body? Why do I, you know, loathe how I look? Why am I always dating people um, who can't, who are emotionally unavailable? Um, why can't I earn more in my business? Why have I hit this block? Why, why don't I want to be seen? Whatever the issue might be. And we go back to scenes in their life. And um, if the client is open to past lives, we'll even do that. And we get moments in time where little seeds were planted and we start to sow those all together. We'll even communicate with the body because the subconscious mind is the body and ask parts of the body, you know, what purpose are you serving? I've helped clients with irritable bowel syndrome and migraines and so many other physical issues. And again, it's usually serving some type of purpose. And once we can find out what that is, then you know, we're able to rewire and recode. Mm, and now, so how does the subconscious mind, like how does it work to be able to so easily, like we have this kind of deep programming, right? Things that are just in there. Yeah. And 
but for it to be so lucid that we can just kind of rewire so quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, when you quiet your conscious mind, the the critical one, the, the one that's, you know, no, I don't know about that. And hold on, let me get the facts out. And the, (laughs) that one, um, it's funny is, um, clients will say, I'm very logical. I don't know about this. Our conscious mind is only like running like 5% of, of our life. We think, we think that we're, you know, figuring everything out, but our subconscious mind is really running the show. It's the hard drive. So, um, even though we might be a very uh, cerebral black and white analytical type person, we all have this sub deep, deep, ruling by our subconscious. And the reason it is so dominant is that its ability to, it, it it's even how, it's even the ability, it's why we breathe without thinking. It's why we um, are able to pick up the spoon and just eat. It's why children, um, when between the ages of zero and seven, learn so much how to walk and talk and eat and can learn languages so easily because their theta brain waves are so much more active than they are when they are adults. They're just soak things up like a sponge. They're able to absorb and, and absorb different behaviors. And when we're about seven, we go more into a beta brainwave, which is a little bit faster. So when you're in that slower brainwave state, we really are like sponges. And that's why taking people there in hypnosis, we're able to access what, what those programs are. We're able to access and ask questions. And we're also, you're very open to suggestions in those brainwaves. So when you're open to suggestions, you're able to make good suggestions. You're also able to make bad suggestions. Like you're not good enough. Um, why aren't you as smart as your brother? Um, why can't you get all A's like your cousin? Um, I really wish you would be a doctor. I really, you know, gosh, why'd you eat so much? You know, um, the mind cannot hold conflicting beliefs. That's another thing our subconscious mind does. Um, I was working with a client yesterday who was raised in this lovely Italian family who had so much joy around food and meals, but also had a voice in the family that said, I can't believe you wow, you ate all that and you're very thick and you're bigger boned. So it's this conflicting thing. There's so much joy and love around and family time with food and, and, you know, connection. But uh, another conflicting thought is, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough. And I, I don't look like I fit in with the rest of the family. The mind cannot hold these two conflicting thoughts. They cancel one another out. So we do that a lot. I, I want to grow my business, but am I, am I going to have enough time if I had more business and eh, they cancel each other out? So subconscious mind is very open to suggestions, good and bad. And so when we can find out what those beliefs are, we give it more positive suggestions. These aren't just affirmations though. These are specific suggestions to what is specific to the belief you want to change. You want to rewire. Mm, that is so fascinating. Now, um, tell me, Christina, now um, let's talk about setting boundaries. Cause I feel like this is one of the things that um, really hinders people, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times oh, yeah. they're taking suggestion from other people or this negative feedback and 
that's keeping them in some space. So where can people start? What would be the first step to learn to do better with setting, laying down some boundaries? Yeah, that's such a big one. You know, I, I work with clients. It's, it's at the, at the core level, it's about not wanting rejection. So people pleasing, no boundaries has a lot to do with either. I don't believe it's okay for me to have needs. I wasn't, I was, I didn't grow up being allowed to have needs. So of course, when we grow up and and we become adults, if we weren't wired and raised to have needs, we weren't allowed to have needs. They weren't respected. Of course, we don't know how to have needs. We don't know how to honor our own needs when we're adults. So we put our needs, you know, 10th on the totem pole to everybody else's needs. And we need to seek, seek approval. We need to seek love by meeting everybody else's needs. That's how we seek approval. Everybody wants approval. So we're going to go find it somehow. If we can't find it within ourselves, we got to go get it. We got to get our cup full, our jar filled up by someone else. But I start by practicing with language that people can use. So, you know, little things that, you know, um, I'm, I'm working with a client on boundaries now and we're helping her understand and feel comfortable in language. Like, you know, that doesn't work for me right now. Um, thank you so much, but that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. Um, I really appreciate that. I'll think about it. So I integrate human design and gene keys into the work that I do to get kind of a, a larger, bigger understanding of how people are wired. And that helps me understand what, what are their energy centers and how, how do they work? Do they work by what's their emotional center? How do they make decisions? Do they go from their gut? Do they, you know, how do they, how do they think and how, what drives them, what lights them up? And so that helps me also understand, you know, and I can see, and you know, from Reiki, do they get stuck in their throat chakra? Do they get stuck in their sacral energy or their solar plexus? And where do they, you know, where does their energy get stuck and need to be cleared? And very often with women, it's their throat chakra and, and you know, chakra, and you know that. So um, helping them have the words and the power to say, um, you know what, let me think about that instead of always saying yes to things because, you know, boundaries usually end up because we say yes to stuff we want to say no to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I love the, let me think about that. Cause that's kind of just giving you that room to say no in a polite way or whatever, a little more less evasive, right. Or invasive rather um, yeah. to kind of give you some time to create that little small boundary. So that's awesome. Um, now, what about some practical guidance and some tips for learning to be more confident? Learning, is there some self-talk? Mm-hmm. Are there affirmations to, you know, for someone who is lacking self-worth? You you nailed it. Self-talk is so important. The words we say are the most important words we will ever say, the words we say to ourselves, they're more important than the other things that people say to us. You know, if, if you have someone like a boss say, oh, you were fabulous at this, 
you know, it's so easy for us to say, yeah, they're just saying that because they want me to work on that other project. Or when our parents or our relatives say something, yeah, you know, they have to say that they're my aunt. It's so easy for our little mind to dismiss it when other people say things, right? So the words we say to ourselves and the relationship we build with ourselves. I always tell clients that the relationship you have with yourself is the longest relationship you will ever, ever be in. So start treating the, treating yourself like that, like date yourself, you know, and it's kind of cool. You don't have to shave your legs for it. You don't have to do anything like that for it. So, but, um, saying to yourself every day, things like you are enough, you know, I, when I first started this journey, I wrote on lipstick because the woman I trained with Marissa Peer, rapid transformational therapy was created by her. She has a whole movement about you are enough And she recommended that you write on your mirror in lipstick or a dry eraser, you are enough and how transformative it can be. And so I did, I had on lipstick and it's kind of funny when I wiped it off, the oil on the lipstick was still there. So every time I took a shower, the steam would still say you are enough because it wouldn't, (laughs) it wouldn't steam there. So it was like, oh, it's meant to say you are enough enough for like a year and a half in my bathroom. And, um, it's very empowering. You know, you are enough. I had, um, affirmations in all my kitchen cabinets and bathroom about, um, you know, to know me is to love me. One of my, uh, another journey I had was, or a fear I had was, uh Oh, if people get to know me, they won't like me. They won't, whatever the fear is, I create a kind of a song and a beat for my clients. You know, what, what's that song and that beat that resonates for you? It might be something different for me. It was to know me is to love me because that lights me up. That, that makes me feel confident that, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to get on this podcast and people are going to love me. They're going to like it. It makes me feel confident. That might not be, you know, your song or beat or someone else's. Um, another client I have is you're a woman who loves to make her dreams come true. She has such wonderful dreams about living in Key West on a boat and, you know, she makes, she wants to make her dreams come true. So having kind of a beat, uh, thinking of it as a, a beat in a song, we all remember that song when we got our driver's license, because when emotions are high solutions, they, they come to us. So think about that song when you got your driver's license or your first love, or even your first heartache, we all remember it, whether it doesn't matter how old you are, because our emotions were high. So, and we might not remember what we had for breakfast yesterday, but we remember the song, you know, when you were driving with the wind blowing through your hair, when you had your license, you had a little bit of freedom because it, it, it filled your soul up. So having your own little song and beat and little affirmation is really a way to create self-love. Mm, I love that. And that is all just so powerful because it is that tapping into emotions just trigger so much for us, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. Now tell me, how do we, is there something to regulate those kind of negative emotions that, you know, send us sinking into peril? What are there uh, some practical advice, guidance, tips for not going to that deep, dark place? 
Yeah. Yeah. I I think, you know, acknowledging and accepting, we all have, you know, a rainbow of emotions and not trying to dismiss our emotions so quickly. I'm, I, I always honor where we're at and where, where a client's emotions are. And I have found that when you allow yourself to feel what you're feeling, it passes through very quickly. It's when we resist it, it's like pushing against something. When you resist it, you're going to get a pushback. So even just sitting in sadness for a minute or sitting in something, not staying there, you know, and, and, you know, wallowing in it for a week, but sitting there and allowing yourself, yeah, I'm sad right now. Yeah. I I feel, I feel like this is never going to change for a minute and asking that feeling and that emotion. So an exercise that's great that I learned from my coach is, you know, I, Christina, or I, Sue feel, and then writing how you feel because and writing why, because, and, and you start to get some, some understanding of why you feel it. And then asking the feeling, how old do you think I am? Very often this feeling will think you are much, much younger. So, and go with the first age that comes up because very often the feeling thinks you are much younger than you are. And it's trying to tackle something in your life from a place of, you know, a place in your life that you're not capable of handling that in your life. So very often I go back to being seven years old or 10 years old or even 14. And of course my 14 year old, my seven year old cannot handle the stress in my business, cannot handle, you know, me trying to help my two boys with life. And I feel very overwhelmed. I get in fight or flight. I freeze. I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed because I'm trying to do it from my seven-year-old who felt overwhelmed and couldn't cope with too much responsibility that I had as a kid. And I just, and I'm bringing that with me sometimes into my life now. It's like, oh, wait a second. Of course I feel overwhelmed. I'm not, I'm not 14 anymore. So 14-year-old, you get to go and like go hang out, listen to music. Seven-year-old, you get to go, you know, color and do whatever you want. So honoring my inner child and and honoring that and then saying, I'm actually, you know, in my 50s now and I actually know how to handle this with my boys. I know how to handle my work. And that younger part of me, of course, you felt overwhelmed. This is this, this isn't for you. You get to go do that other stuff. Mm, I love that, Christina. Now, tell me, you know, as far as, so that's kind of getting in touch with those feelings. Yeah. And what about healing? Is there Mm -hmm. something you can offer for someone who needs healing? What are some practical tips, some things they can do at home to start on their healing journey from something traumatic or whatever? Yeah, I I think, you know, first of all, it's 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 okay to ask for help. So, um I think so often we try to do things on our own or we feel it's embarrassing or shameful or think nobody else will understand or it's embarrassing. And so whether whether that's a coach or 
you know, or therapy or something alternative, you know, I always have a coach. I always have some type of therapist helping me and I do this, you know, for a living. So that I think is just a reminder that, um, that's, that's okay. And there's, there's, you know, just because you might've had one, um, maybe there wasn't a connection there, or maybe you've changed now. And I get a lot of clients. I, I bring this up because I, I have so many clients that say, I've been working on this so long. I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> or I've, I've healed this already. I don't want to heal that anymore. I want to heal this. And so there's a belief that I shouldn't feel this anymore. I shouldn't have to be working on this anymore. I should have already healed this. and that's just not true. It's where are you in your healing journey? Honor where you're at. You have healed and now you're at a, a different healing place. You're a different, you know, you're a different part of your soul that's ready to accept, that's ready to hear, that's ready to honor and feel where you're at and and expand where you're at. And you weren't there a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So it's okay that you're still healing something that you've always healed. The other thing is I, I think carving out some quiet time is critical to healing. So whether that's meditation, journaling, walking, listening to, you know, maybe a, a guided meditation, but some introspective time is necessary. We're, we're always go, 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 go. And, you know, some of us can barely take five minutes out, but that is the one thing that I work with clients on creating is some type of morning routine, or maybe it needs to be an afternoon routine, depending on their life. It doesn't have to be the same thing every day because that just doesn't work for everybody and that's okay. But some, some kind of quiet time to listen to yourself and feel what you're feeling, that's key to healing. Mm, oh, I love that. That was such um, great wisdom. So thank you so much for that. Um, now, Christina, I want to first of all say you have been so awesome and so insightful and have had so much just practical guidance. So I thank you so much for your time today and everything you've shared here. That's the first thing. And secondly, you're welcome. It has been so awesome. I know people are going to have a lot of takeaways. (laughs) Wonderful. In closing, if there were one message that you would like to leave us with some words of wisdom, your hope for everyone out there listening, what would that message be? Mm. You have the answers inside of you. We all have the answers inside. So it, stop looking outward and and start looking inward and trust your intuition and and you know that that quiet time like i mentioned is is really about knowing that you're able to heal yourself and i i think that's what i love so much about you know for me it's hypnotherapy for someone else it might be something else and energy healing something but we are magical energetic beings and we have so many beautiful answers and solutions inside. Mm, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Sue. I really, really value this time. Thank you.
Oh, you were awesome. Thank you.